0: reading today from the 61st chapter of Isaiah, starting at the 10th verse. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, And as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication... And all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. And then we're going today to more of Luke 2. Luke 2, you know, is quite familiar to us, whether you realize it or not. That is where the biggest chunk of the Christmas story comes from. The first 20 chapters are essentially the Christmas story. But in this chapter, we get even more, and the music today is picking up on that. We get the fact that uh, Jesus is presented in the temple, and we get the fact that the family goes to... Egypt. And we get the fact that they return to Nazareth and eventually the boy is in the temple with the priests arguing about matters far beyond him. And so now we hear the story of Simeon and Anna, two old prophets in their search for the Messiah. Starting at the 22nd verse. When the time came for Mary's purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem and presented him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice, according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This devout man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested upon him. And it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light. For revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, This child is destined for the, for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. So that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Fenuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple. But worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God, to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom. And the favor of God was upon him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As is my custom, as you know, I have been reading sermons from other people to try to prepare for the day today. And let me tell you that they are some of the lousiest sermons I have ever read. Nobody really knows what to do with this story today. Most of them just ignore the text and start talking about something else that somehow is fitting with the Christmas season. So let me try to stay with the text for a minute and see if we can get anywhere with it. Simeon and Anna are two characters well, maybe we don't quite know what to do with. And before we get to understanding Simeon and Anna, we sort of have to understand what's going on in the context of this whole thing because it can be a little bit confusing to those of us who don't know the rituals of the Jews of Jesus' time. So a couple things have happened. It is customary in Jewish tradition, and they do this still that on the eighth day, a male child would have been brought to the temple in Jerusalem and circumcised and given a name. And in the second chapter of Luke, we learn that that happens with Jesus. But now it's 40 days past his birth. And at 40 days past his birth, his mother is supposed to come to the temple to be purified. And part of that, quite frankly, had to do with the fact that, first of all, after giving birth, you need to be, your body needs to be purified. It needs to take time to do its thing and all this, and then then you need to be cleansed, right? But also, the infant mortality rate was so high then that after 40 days, they were pretty sure your baby was going to live. And so part of that purification ritual wasn't just for the woman, but it was also to say, oh, here's a baby. We're going to thank God for the baby and get a blessing. And part of that blessing was, oh, we're thankful, we'll make sacrifice. And the normal sacrifice was a pigeon or a dove, probably a dove, and a lamb. And if you were paying attention to the text today, what, is Mary, what do Mary and Joseph give? Not a, not a dove and a lamb, but two pigeons. Have you all ever seen pigeons? Scrawny, funky little birds? Why are they only given pigeons, not a lamb and a dove? Pigeons are allowed in the law of the Jews if you're too poor to give a lamb and a dove. Pigeons were poor people's sacrifice. So Mary and Joseph come. Grateful for their child, upholding the law of the Lord, but yet doing it in such a way that it shows us these were poor, poor people. And these poor people, these peasants, come into the temple, this great and glorious temple that was rebuilt in order to be the most impressive place in all of Jerusalem. And they come in, and they meet Simeon. Now, Simeon, you got to think. Simeon is an old, old guy. Everybody in the temple knows Simeon, because Simeon is the guy who stands at the door and greets you when you, comes in, when you come in, and asks you how, you, how you how you're doing, wants to know how your kids are, tells you about the news of the day. When you think Simeon, I want you to think Dr. Crow. That's funny, right? Dr. Crow? Dr. Crow is that guy. He's always around. You can always rely on him. He knows what's going on in the life of the people. That was Simeon. And this young peasant couple comes in, and he sees their child, and he's dumbfounded. Because he's been praying all his life to see the Messiah before he passes on. Simeon does his thing, and then they meet Anna. Now, Anna is a woman of significant repute. Probably not of significant means, but certainly of significant repute. We know that for a couple of reasons, because we know that who her daddy was. And if her daddy was important enough to name, she was pretty important. And we know what tribe she came from, so that makes her important too. And she was older than the hills because she was only married seven years. And then she lived to be 84. And at that time, that was really, really, really old when you think that the average lifespan was not much more than 30. So here's Anna, old woman, who has lived in the temple for many decades, praying and fasting the whole time for the Messiah to come and save the people. And these two people meet this peasant couple and their baby, who, by the way, was born in a barn, and somehow they look. Well, not somehow. Filled with the Holy Spirit, they look and see that this is the Messiah. And they bless this child, and they bless his parents, and they encourage them, even though they know that what is to come for this child is not all roses and peaches. this is not the messiah they expect messiah is supposed to ride in on a white horse be a great warrior a mighty military man the best politician in all of Israel great king not some scrawny poor little baby That was perfect, Adeline. Just right perfect. For those of you who don't know, the baby just cried out in the the North How did they know who the Messiah was? How can one find the Messiah? We all know people who struggle to know Jesus, who are in a kind of existential crisis saying, where's God? How can I know God? But how are they seeking? Do they sit in their own... Spaces and complain that they can't find God. Or are they like Simeon and Anna who sit for years and years, never wavering and pray and fast and are engrossed in scripture and filled with the Holy Spirit to learn who the Messiah is and to be able to know the Messiah when he's right in front of them. Recognizing the Messiah. When he may not be the one we think he is. He may not look like the person we thought he was supposed to look like. He may not deliver for us the things that we thought we wanted. But that is the Messiah nonetheless. What a glorious thing to be able to find and to know. If we attach to the Messiah a certain political persuasion or a certain theological bend or a certain something, tradition, that we've always known or thought we've known that says this is who the Christ is, this is who Jesus is, we may miss the Messiah right in our midst. The lesson of Simeon and Anna is to be open to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's moving so that we might truly find and know the coming Christ. And while he might not look like what we think he is supposed to look like, he will nonetheless be God's anointed for us. Come to save us, come to redeem us, come to reconcile us. Thanks be to God. Amen.